Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Chuddle the Pod, where three best friends take a look at the curious world around us. And what do oh. I mean? What? <laughs> oh, I was, I'm just sort Did of you just master P him? Uh. <laughs> well, what do I mean by the curious world around us? Well, we like what? to take a dive into movies. <laughs> God damn it. All right. I need to start it all over. No, keep on going. It's fine. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Not for me. Not the Chuddle. Chuddle. This movie sounds awful. I'm sorry, guys. Surprise! Whoa. Touching butts. Kinky. Creepy pasta. Please. Join us. You can't say Teddy Spaghetti three times or else. Don't mention his name. Pasta Cole. A Ouija version of The Stranger. Oh, that's fantastic. Hey. Out of the mist and into the fog, it's Chuddle the Pod. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Chuddle the Pod, where three best friends take a look at the curious world around us. And what do uh, I mean by the curious world around us? What? Well, we like to take a dive into movies. Yeah. Music. Yeah. Mystery. That's right. And history. What? Dabbling in the putrid, perplexing, perverse, and painful, and almost always Ooh. touching the world of the macabre. On today's episode, we help a weird old magician pick up his broken eggs and get trapped inside 2022's The Black Phone. As always, I'm joined by my beautiful co-occupants of the pod. Go ahead and follow them on Instagram and Slasher at Chuddle the Sam and at Chuddle the Ross. We'll jump over to Sam first since he's, he's popping off. How you doing? Oh, <laughs> shit. I'm doing well. I'm popping off, you know, living that life. Got Apparently, two teeth pulled yesterday. Yeah, um, I was gonna ask, and I never did. Or would you be ready to record tonight? But I guess you oh, are. Yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yesterday <laughs> was weird, but they, it's they're healing quite nicely oh, compared good. to the pain before I got my teeth pulled. Much better. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. We should have covered Doctor Giggles if we sure. should. We? If, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're well, we'll do it before stuff, mine I mean, because I know I got to get a tooth pulled. I literally have a wisdom tooth that has a like a hole in it. That's fine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. One, uh, we'll do that. Yeah. One was hurt. I hadn't been to the dentist in like a decade, which is a shame. I've had dental insurance. I just hadn't gone because oh, yeah. I don't like going. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, mouth's all fucked. So I uh, had the two wisdom teeth, which I didn't even know I had. I thought I got them all removed, but I had both my uppers. <laughs> so one uh, had like the gum line was receding on it and that's why that hurt this is all great to talk about the yeah, one yeah, yeah, had yeah. like a cavity on it so i was like pull that too and so Dude, i came in for like here. a checkup and like 45 minutes later they were pulling my teeth Jeez. um and then i had a deep clean today and my bottom bottom so it's going hopefully uh it doesn't get any worse <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> well to follow up that tooth tooth teeth talk Teeth talk teeth with talk. Sam. Teeth talk. Ross, you're going to the dentist talk. next week, right? <laughs> I am going to the dentist next week for a cleaning. Well, that's what Sam was going for. Oh, honestly, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be like Minesweeper. They're gonna do one thing, and they're gonna tell me something just fucking insane. I already know it. Do you go to the dentist regularly? Yeah, like every uh, like six months. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's, yeah that's pretty regular. Should, <laughs> that's what you should you be should, doing. Yeah, yeah, that's what you should do. So you, you should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the dentist. Don't wait. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> dentist talk. This is not a paid sponsorship book. from Big Dentist. This is not. Also, you know, funny enough, um, I uh, just got, we actually just got a new sponsor. Uh, it's Crest. Uh, and oh, yeah. Tights. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. 
Exactly. They, so where did they send someone... that money to? Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> so so just remember, Chuddleman, any time the grabber grabs someone in this movie, you have to brush your teeth twice. Oh, great. Cool. Well, I got to take extra care right now. I got to order like, <laughs> I got to order an electric toothbrush and a water pick and some floss that. Oh, very. Works very. Right. Yeah, good stuff. Very exciting. I love it. What kind of water pick <laughs> you looking into? Guys. <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't mean to get back to Dr. Giggles, but if we actually do a, a, a dentist murder one, what are we going to talk about now? Because we've already wasted all <laughs> of this good tooth talk. <laughs> right. Well, presumably in six tooth months, we'll talk. have more to talk about. Ooh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> How else are you doing besides upcoming and past dental appointments, Ross? How what is what's going on with you? Uh, you no, not too much. Um, I haven't not listened to. Sorry, I'm sorry, Sam. You dripped. You dropped yeah. out, but he's got a background of Ethan Hawke right now. So it just looked like he ran closer towards the camera because they look exactly the same. Yeah, it's 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 kind of stunning. If here here's a visual <laughs> representation of us. If you haven't really actually seen our faces or cared to look i mean it's not like we've put them out there but you can we find haven't. us you could but, figure yeah. it out if you wanted <laughs> for the mind's eye sam looks like ethan hawk apparently and we had no idea yeah. until he had this picture right behind him <laughs> never knew <laughs> super weird it's yeah yeah because um, you keep doing like this thing where you're like half on his face so it almost looks like like when you like when your computer would start to freeze and you know it would create a bunch of boxes as you were dragging it around yeah yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes oh, good. Sense. Yeah, it's it's, it's wonderful. Um, so I haven't I haven't <laughs> listened to uh, Pray the mini sode yet. Eat pray love. Eat, eat pray love. Uh, <laughs> I started the movie, and apparently we were talking about this before we started recording. Apparently, I either lost track of time, went through a wormhole, or had to start over from. It didn't start from the beginning, but I thought it was like forty five minutes in, and then I got another like 20, 25 minutes in. Realized I rewinded it. I'm still almost at the exact same point where I left off last time. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully you will have watched it by the time this episode comes out. Oh, I hope so. I'll be like, why didn't you do that? It's so good. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, good. we're big fans Everything of it. If people until, listen, yeah. What? Yeah. Perfect. I loved up until what I've watched. Absolutely loved it. Fantastic. Oh, and you know what you should do? You should go ahead and listen to that episode because we talk spoiler free and we'll tell you when to go ahead and pause it. Uh, that so is to true. Go watch yeah, the first, movie first and then you six, can come back to it. Oh, six or seven minutes uh, uh, oh, uh, into great. it. I should do that. We've been trying to, yeah, when Sam, uh, same thing when we did it with Nope, we're trying to do like these little spoiler free parts. Yes. And then you can, you know listen to the rest of it so those those are yeah. our mini chuddles are they're not even called mini chuddles that's our boiled down boiled episode, which is a mini chuddle yeah we're crushing <laughs> this intro tonight gentlemen <laughs> i mean we are on top of it <laughs> hey people so want to you know this is this is how people get to know us this is kind of banter we have here instead of being so you know well i'm doing well let me look at the things that i wrote down that i'm doing well about and i will talk about that now let's do that uh speaking of um brian um uh off off of your cue card um how uh how are you doing how is your how's what's going on i'm doing good i'm doing very well as of this recording the night before uh the gentleman here i've heard all about it throughout the day i went and saw rage against the machine with run the jewels opening for them Oof. at madison square uh. garden they're playing five nights they have tonight and one more Damn. night that they're playing as well but yeah it's been 
I mean, that's insane. That's, <laughs> to, yeah, to do that's that, so but, yeah. cool. That's incredible. Madison Square Garden, pretty much, I'm, I'm sure it was sold out, raging mm. to Rage Against the Machine. Run the Jewels was amazing. Like, I, yeah. I was, I'm more of a Run the Jewels fan. I was, I always appreciate totally. it and like Rage, and I know the singles, and I know all that type of stuff. But uh, they put in an awesome show, especially even with Zach and his, like, broken foot or whatever the heck is going on with his foot. Yeah. They haven't really, canceling I guess. canceling the rest of the tour after this. The European tour, yeah, got canceled. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. Damn. Like, you know, getting into old people shit, you know. We're all old now, and you can't be flying with injuries like that. You'll, you'll really mess yourself up. <laughs> Shatters <laughs> But, both oh, legs. my God, did he go harder than some bands that I've seen in full health, like, sitting on his little, like, I don't know box that he had out front like that's amazing jumping in the air as best as he could within the, like it was <laughs> so good like i, I took yeah some he photos. was always a showman yeah that's yeah. super cool but yeah it was still awesome i mean tom morello was cool so to good. see rocking yeah, on his guitar there, like look at how i make a guitar work isn't this isn't this weird uh, yeah he he he, he double <laughs> good he brought out a double guitar here. at one time we got oh, to yeah. see some double guitar we got to see some cool. playing the guitar with your mouth got to see oh, some <laughs> it was awesome but i mean the highlight of the show for me was definitely when during rage's set they uh brought out lp and killer mike and run the jewels did close your eyes and count to fuck which yeah. zach has a the inverse in that one which They've only done that a few times on this tour so far. Like the past two nights that they played Madison Square Garden, they didn't do that. They just played the song during Run the Jewel set and Zach didn't come out or anything. So, oh man, that would I would have been so incredibly disappointed had that happened. Right. My wife and I have been extremely, I guess, lucky with that song because Run the Jewels, like a couple years ago, did four nights here in new york city not at medicine square garden <laughs> at a much right. smaller venue that was the tour you saw them on sam down in or okay. wherever you saw them i believe uh janice but uh the we ended up going to the fourth night which was an add-on night which in turn ended up being lp's birthday so they had a whole like oh, happy shit. birthday thing they did for him and everything but for that song as well zach like came out at the end and surprised the like fuck out of everyone surprise. like holy shit yeah that I was hope awesome LP was surprised too <laughs> i'm pretty sure he knew he was there <laughs> that would have been fun <laughs> oh my god <laughs> they were they're like really close when rage disbanded and zach was gonna be a rapper he could have signed like anywhere you know i'm pretty mm -hmm. sure he signed with def jux or at least he like i know he moved in with lp and was gonna like work with him to make his rap album don't know how that played out i can't remember but that yeah yeah it's cool you know no, that's awesome to hear <laughs> and i mean yeah like i said it was a fantastic show they closed it out with killing in the name of and that was just fucking electric in the build like it was insane mm -hmm. it was so cool and it was real it it was just really fucking awesome. So like awesome. I haven't like I would I, yeah. love to go to this tour, but it's this was one that was supposed to happen. Uh, this was a COVID right postponement. COVID. Exactly. Yep. So it's been I two remember. years in the making. And then my next one, probably when this comes out, hopefully it will all be coming true. I will be seeing my chemical romance and waiting. Oh, yeah. and waiting. Wow. That was the same thing, right? Yeah, exactly. They were supposed to be, yeah, two years ago. And the, the whole joke is like, you know, they're never going to get back together and actually play. This is all like a ploy, uh, but I get, you know, timed it, up. <laughs> it, like, it, it seems to be happening. Have you seen what's happened in China? Let's announce a tour. 
<laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll give them what they want. That'll like boost some sales some of our old shit for a little bit. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, yeah, it's very exciting times. So, so there it is. I mean, this is probably one of our longer intros here, but hopefully yeah. you got to know us a little bit better and are ready to talk <laughs> about our movie for tonight, The Black Phone. So before we get into that, I'll just go ahead and say follow all of us at Chuddle the Pod on Instagram, on Slasher. Jump into our Discord where you can get the link for that down below. And if for some reason you forget any of that information, you can go over to Chuddle the Pod. <laughs> for all the info you could ever need so before we get into our next segment we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break and we're back thank you so much to our kind sponsor for those lovely words of encouragement so as we said before the break we are going to jump over into ross's video roundup where he takes us all the way from the serious to the schlock and we uh, cover a wide range of movies over there so tonight's uh, movie is the black phone so let's take it over to ross well, hey there, buckaroos. Welcome for another video roundup with your pal, Ross. Spoilers ahead. From the call center of Carnage comes 2022's The Black Phone, the story of a town in the grips of a grabber whose appetite for boys, death, and destruction seems to know no bounds. A bare room with a broken phone and a young man looking for an escape gets help from six feet under. Will his new phone friends lead him to salvation, or will he be the next caller? With the vibe of the Goonies, with the aesthetic of John Wayne Gacy, once you hear the ringing of the black phone, you may want to answer it, because you may never know who's on the other line. All right, you naughty boys, let's answer the black phone. Oh, God, I hope I'm not a naughty boy. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, naughty boys. You do not want to be a naughty boy. Wow, guys. The Black Phone. Uh, The Black Phone is uh, wild. It's, uh, I, spoiler alert, thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um, This is a really, really interesting film for me because it takes two, they're not mutually exclusive genres by any standpoint, but it's a great blending of a serial killer true crime film with a supernatural twist to it. Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is it's not okay so plausible is not the first it's not the correct word but it's the first one that pops in my head is that like it it blends these ideas of like the idea of victims getting a you know a revenge on their abductor or at least helping in part i think is just a really interesting concept for a film and i think that's a super cool way of uh I don't know. I I I agree. No, I know what you're saying. And like that, that as you're saying, like this kind of like serial killer, like true crime, almost either like narrative or documentary type thing. It's filmed very much like you. I I feel that aspect, the, the, the sweeping shots of like, you know, the police canvassing the woods and all that stuff felt very much like something I would, you would see in like this murderer, serial killer, any of that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. But then you get so, which is funny because it, that made it feel very real to me. So watching it, and then you get the supernatural stuff. And then I had to be like, I, it didn't take me out of it, but I had to be like, oh yes, that's right. In this world, that seems very, very real. Supernatural stuff is obviously very real. Obviously happening. <laughs> or at least, or at least happening in this basement. I, I do like the aspect that like supernatural things have been, or occurring in this film, but in a, yeah. But it's not just in possible. the basement because- I've listened to a few interviews with Scott Mm -hmm. Derrickson, the director and co-writer for the adaptation, obviously, because Joe Hill wrote it. But uh, 
And he talked about that, about blending the two genres and how anytime you do something supernatural or he does is he tries to have the rest of the movie as grounded as possible and feel real as possible because that's the only way to make the supernatural element work is well, yeah. how he talks about it. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, though, because it makes that makes the super in the supernatural when you have like a, a really tangible aesthetic of like you know like the location and the people and the characters and then you have this extraordinary thing that happens because everything is so grounded in this movie it makes the supernatural and spooky stuff even spookier to me because of how well the real life stuff plays Mm -hmm. out in this movie precisely so we are kind of like we're introduced into this sleepy kind of like north denver town 1978 we got the classic baseball game going on Mm -hmm. um this intro whole scene before the true crime gritty credits that start popping off oh, yeah um which was thought was fucking great um it is such they use it in a lot of kids movies but it is a fucking amazing way of introducing multiple characters in one fail swoop specifically with kids like the baseball scene is really good uh the high school scenes are usually like the school scenes usually kind of like it's an accumulation thing mm-hmm. where you kind of have this like huge group and you're meeting all these just different specific ones i like also it shows how close knit the community is because like you have the baseball game which is great but then you have like um excuse me uh Bruce, who's kind of on his bicycle, but he's seeing Finney's fucking rocket out, like shooting up from behind him. Oh, yeah. So like it's yeah, it's like so you have this tight knit community group idea of like all these kids know each other. So it's Mm -hmm. not like uh, the grabbers in New York City or L.A. or something around those lines where it's like indiscriminately like all these people know each other. Any ordinary American suburb. Any suburb. I do enjoy the baseball scene. Um, I will say. That kid, as soon as he threw that pitch, I was like, I went, woof. And Sam was, or damn or something. And Sam was like, what is it? I was like, oh, uh, nothing. This kid kid can can like, he's throwing heat or something. Yeah. 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 I will say that. um, Sorry for sports talk, Ross. You don't throw down the middle on a 2-0 count. It's true. Threw it no, right I to, um, noticed like, on my second watch. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Unfortunately, Finney put the little in Little League uh, when he made that very, very bad error in judgment just there right down the middle. Yeah, he yeah. almost had him because his fucking yeah. arm is mint. His arm, yeah, that arm is oh mint. My gosh. Yeah. And we get um, home run king himself, Bruce. Uh, Bruce Yamada. Is- That's <sighs> such a great name. That's like, so good. I feel like. I might remember that name for a while. It's just mm-hmm. one of those character names that sticks to you. <laughs> oh, dude, absolutely. And he's also, unfortunately, uh, f- for him, uh, he's the first person who does get crabbed <laughs> in this film. Um, I, sorry, this- I will say real quick, before before he gets grabbed and at the baseball game, he does like, I do like the fact that Finney and he's he's nice to Finney, even though it seems like yeah. it's like this weird rivalry when they're like pitch into batting thing. At the yes. end, when they're like, good game, good game, that's when he's like, you know, your arms meant you almost had me. And it's like, it is actually friendly. So, again, to and, like, I, and it's a, yeah, a nice thing to say to the kid who just gave up the like mm-hmm. home, the game winning run. He's bummed. And I like the beginning of the interaction because you don't know how it's going to play out because they mm-hmm. both kind of give themselves like this kind of like they just stare at each other. And then Bruce kind of, kind of hands that, not hands, right. but just kind of like gives the compliment. Um, 
it's so good. It's so good because all these kids are likable. Because yeah, then I feel for them when this next thing happens. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Like, um, it's he gets grabbed. This fade to black as the grabber pulls up sequences that go throughout this entire movie Mm -hmm. are great. And also, it's kind of an overarching uh, stylistic choice for the film. Um, Soundtrack overdubbing everything in like uh either by like soundtrack is in like sort of like the uh pink floyd song at the end of the film Mm -hmm. uh we've also got um uh, there's a lot of just like ominous soundtrack shots with no care even if characters are talking it's completely muted out it's like the score is that what you mean well there's a mixture of like because there's both they have this great like 70s rock soundtrack and Both the score, score. <laughs> yeah, I would say the score and the soundtrack. More specifically, the score as it's kind of going through, particularly with like the grabbing scenes and uh, some of like the um, Gwen's dream sequences. I think too, or have that kind of like really cool aesthetic to them. What I like mm-hmm. about the 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 grabbing scenes too is like this first one. You just see the van, and then slowly, you know, slows down, fades to black. When we get to our next grabbing scene, you actually see the grabber come out, and then when you finally get to when our main character gets grabbed, obviously you yes. see the full grab. So like each time you see one of these scenes, you see a little bit more progression of the grabber S- slowly revealed. Mm-hmm. And I do like, um, really, really like the fact that the grabber in this has already been doing it. So like we're placed mm-hmm. in this situation, like months into the grabber abducting kid, like boys all over town, which right. I like that. I like that aspect what, because two kids he, in at um, this point, two or three. Well, the, t- the no, title sequence implies there's five, that there's been a bunch. Yeah. Because uh, that's the, how we know it's been going on is in that title sequence. We see all those missing kid uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think there was I bull if my I don't know if my potty counts right. Uh I think there was three victims before Bruce gets abducted and okay. then Robin gets abducted shortly after that. So I think there was five I think there was five fu- callers and then But there could be more victims than that. Yes, absolutely. Right. Who knows what's buried underneath that house? <laughs> I I like the fact um Terrence is the biggest piece of shit in this fucking movie. Um Terrence is the dad of Finney and Gwen. And um I hate like literally most of my Terrence notes for this review are just all caps is a huge piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And they go no surprise Terrence is being a huge piece of shit. It's the it's anti- like yeah. He's great. Yeah. He's, yes. I mean, he's, he's great, great at for being, being a piece that. of shit. <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic. great at being a piece of shit. I fucking um, hated him. God, dude, fucking. Of course, he's got the power mullet too. Jeremy which, Davies uh, is that actor. Uh, I've he was on Justified. He's Dewey Crow yeah. on that show, and I've kind of like picked him up ever since then. He was Marilyn mm-hmm. Manson in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Marilyn Manson, Charles Manson. <laughs> <laughs> I was like Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Marilyn Hello? Manson, okay. really? <laughs> Um, he's in a ton of stuff but he's almost always this type of character like he's kind of typecast as a shitty hillbilly guy Um, well you know what flying colors he does it fucking outstanding (laughs) um okay so one of my one of my mvps in this movie uh robin robin in this movie is the fucking rambo uh he it's oh my god okay so that kid's awesome yeah he's so fucking good It's also the introduction to the fight scene between him and Moose was fucking brutal. Yeah. Yeah. My note is is brutal bully beatdown. And I have to say, like, 
I did the watch this with my wife. Yeah, I watched with my wife, and I I forgot this part was happening when it was happening so quickly, and other stuff was in my house. I didn't have time to warn her about it. She goes something along the lines of like, "Jesus Christ, I wasn't expecting to see the child equivalent of Jared Leto's beatdown in Fight Club." <laughs> I was like, it's yes. not that intense, but like I know what Dude, you mean. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. fucking. It's a lot, man. Well, okay, I'm 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 watching this, and the way that the beginning, uh, the baseball scene, kind of plays down, even after the credits, uh, the beginning credits and stuff like that um it's i'm getting a goonies vibe like it's a dark side goonies vibe and then (laughs) i see this fight scene i'm like okay so this is like vastly going past that like you're like you're getting the kid movie like Mm -hmm. the real situations with children but it is in the real world like he fucking destroys moose's face and like you're watching it you're like okay he's gonna stop He's not stopping. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. His and fucking... he's like, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I'm not we talking about like, need to be around for this. I don't I don't need to see any of this. Nobody like, deserves it. It's not that, necessarily yeah. POV camera Scott smashing in that infected woman's <laughs> oh, face. No, definitely not. Not that. Fist but cam. it's more than what I was expecting. I think a lot of Absolutely. the violent scenes in the the gore and violence in this movie, um, real. It feels real. It's not over the top, but if they this is one of those weird exceptions that if this was edited a little bit more, it could have probably been PG thirteen. Like I wish it was PG thirteen to be honest with you. Really? <laughs> I wish they had reeled it back. I would don't normally say that, but I wish they'd reeled it back a little bit more. Cause I think this is like a kid's horror movie. I mean it's a kid getting kidnapped and he fights a, the guy and yeah. makes his way out like and you get scary and heroic and all that like it's from a kid's perspective i feel like it i think i kind of agree with you in a and it's so not gory like there's such little in it that it could have just been pulled back a little it's really the language there's, i mean i would say that i feel like the content itself is just that's very... a little tough for i feel like <laughs> a kid's well this <laughs> is yeah, yeah. I mean, the grabber, this is, this is a real world version. Well, I think 13 to 17 or 18, whatever it is, should be able to see it. I think they should too, but I don't, yeah, I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like you're still dealing with, and not even like dreamscape Freddy Krueger because they're very similar characters, like obviously pre and post mortem, but like you're dealing with like a serial rapist murderer. Like, they're not going to say that he's like the grabber is in and of like missing children by the grabber's actions and kind of who he's based off of. Like, you're insinuating that he's doing very horrible things to these boys before he kills them. And like, same thing with Freddy Krueger, like, but even Freddy Krueger had the auspice of like a dreamscape. So there was like a fantasy veil in front of him, Nightmare on Elm Street, if that makes sense. Even though the children were 14 getting murdered, I think was like the... We had that revelation when I was working. I didn't realize how old the victims were in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street beforehand, and I was like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I never thought of that. Oh yeah, they're like in their 15, 16. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, there. before that, I think like 14. Like, well, I think one was supposed to be like 14 years old. Well, speaking of that, actually... Um, so, what, yeah... Sorry. So we're okay. So we get into um, our main character, Finney, and 
I really, really like him as an actor. He has this really mm-hmm. beautiful balance. And I don't know if it's just because of his age or his acting realistically, because he plays a great 13 year old. Like he plays someone on the cusp of like, he's a survivalist, like between the bullies and all the things that are happening to him. And that like, what the fuck is going on? I'm just 13. Like he, he plays that really, really well. And he's an incredibly subliminally intelligent character. And as the movie progresses, that blooms a lot more when he's interacting with the grabber that I just like, I don't know. There's something about Finney that I just uh, thoroughly enjoyed this entire movie. He's great. He's uh, I recognized him and I looked him up. He's in the first season of uh, for all mankind, which I've promoted on this show before. You have. Yes. So if you ever end up checking that out, you'll see Finney. (laughs) (laughs) Check him out. I was actually going to just blip over this, but I have to mention that uh, obviously Robin and Finney are BFFs. I like the fact that Robin's favorite movie is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Of course I you like do. The fact I that, knew. Fuck yes. I was <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I don't care if we're going to blip. That blaze. had to come up. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Him just saying that. I was like, I love this kid. Well, Robin's great. He doesn't take shit and he's super. Better than Enter the Dragon. Second best movie. Yes. <laughs> Second best like, movie. I hope to see a Bruce Lee movie one day, maybe on TV. Yeah. Their, their, their interaction, <laughs> their, their relationship is so sweet. I mean, it, it, it is it nice is. to see. Cause Finney's such a likable character. I mean, even when Robin's talking about like mobster style, style, vulgar displays of power and like, well, gotta, you know, like, you're just like, you, you, you gotta, you gotta do it for bro. show. You gotta have blood. You gotta show <laughs> like, for for, that's for the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> fucking. I was like, that's. I don't know the, the the relationship between them. I mean, it really does play out. the the ke- The chemistry between all the characters in this movie play out so well that when Robin uh, gets abducted, like you feel for the character and mm-hmm. you feel for certain things. Oh yeah, BT Dubs gets abducted. Blah, blah, blah. Blah. Let's jump over. Okay, so mm-hmm. in a completely different stripped down version, the movie basically plays out between Finney and Gwen. We're going to get introduced to Gwen. Gwen is a... I also love Mm -hmm. this fucking character. (laughs) We get get the school interviewed by the two cops. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Holy shit. This is such a good scene because the sass... The sass is so real with Gwen. Quote, my favorite line through that whole thing, quote unquote... You dumb fucking fart knockers. Yes. I have never audit like just gutturally yes. audibly laughed out loud. I was so I just happy. Was like, I haven't heard fart knocker used in a while. <laughs> it was good <laughs> to have that. Really going to, I I knew you were going to say it. Like watching the movie, I was like, well, Ross is gonna say you dumb fucking fart knocker when <laughs> 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 Yeah, I mean, you have to. You have to. Uh, And the reason why they're interviewing her is because uh, Gwen has uh, dreams. And sometimes those dreams actually are right. And she can kind of predict stuff or kind of dreamscape her way into Mm -hmm. knowledge, I guess would be the best way of putting that, Um, which will play off really well in the film. This movie actually is just like – it's. I don't know. I really like the aspect of the the, um, – there's a lot going on, but this ping pong between – Gwen's dreamscapes and then what's going on with Finney and then back to Gwen trying to like desperately search for her brother. Um, also, like, I know I'm going to bring up the Jesus scenes are top notch, like <laughs> top notch. Probably doesn't even exist. It probably doesn't exist. Oh, good. I get to go back to Terrence and how much of a big piece of shit he is. Um, 
we this get, solidifies it. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah. It's hard you to watch. Know, yeah. Oh, this was really hard to watch. And uh, Madeline McGraw, who plays Gwen, this is such a well acted scene. Like, I fuck me, dude. Like, this was so hard to watch. She gets the dog shit beat out of her by her father with a belt because the cops come to his work. And there is some family history when it comes to dreamscaping and uh, psychic <laughs> abilities. Mm-hmm. And apparently Mama had it and Mama killed herself uh, because it was too much of a uh, uh, too much of a, uh, a brain drain. And now he's trying to uh, beat the psychic out of his children uh, and just say, dude, that just that scene where like he's done beating her. And then like, it's like, you say your dreams are just dreams. And like, she's saying it repeatedly. Uh And then by the end of it, she's like doing it through her teeth. Like she's like the venom in her fucking dialogue is so good. That's so amazing that you said that Ross. So uh, Scott Derrickson and talking about her performance talked about that scene and said that when they're repeating back his say my dreams are just dreams and she's doing it through tears and then does it through gritted teeth nobody knew she that was coming like they hadn't rehearsed it that way before it just like came in the moment and it even took uh the guy jeremy davies what's the terrence Terrence. It even you can see it like his reaction to that mm-hmm. is like genuine as well in character, and it just makes the moment you know even more powerful it, to the point where you specifically noted it. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I I agree with that one hundred percent. My almost my notes are almost the exact same thing of what Ross said in the beginning. The dad is beating Gwen is rough to watch, and I I wrote I was like particularly because Madeline McGraw is so good in the scene. Like this is the <laughs> point where I was like I need so to good. name drop her. And another thing I I did see too is that they postponed the production of this movie so that they could have her in it i think she was supposed to be like scheduled to work on something else so they had to like postpone it a month or something yeah interesting i know it was shot during the height of covid they said i was i was i was thinking (laughs) of this scene actually i wasn't when i was watching the scene i was thinking of the babadook and how they intentionally would never put the kid getting yelled at or screamed and i was like oh "Oh, that's out the fucking window with this movie because like there is a huge like this there's no getting around Oh, the well, terribleness. Right. Yeah, they're certainly older children. Oh, yeah. Right, it's not like a <laughs> six-year-old. Six year old. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, my God. If that they were all six, this would have been too much. Insane, <laughs> dude. We get another Those abduction scene. 13-year-olds can see it. Continue. <laughs> uh, we get another abduction scene, and this is the one where Robin is taken. And really ominous, really well put together. Um, this one actually leads to what Brian was talking about is that this also leads into that brutal overhang shot of the search party and all mm-hmm. of the cop cars. And um, like you said, like that's like, yeah, I don't, like, yeah, you you sometimes see that in horror movies, but like it gave off such a true crime. Yeah. It vibe. feels like a Netflix documentary, like yes, o- opening to a show or something while somebody's given their, you know, voiceover interview totally dude and like this is like i would i mean they even shot at that like there's certain scenes i think particularly a lot of the gwen dream sequences are all like it looks like a shaky cam like as in like someone's filming it on like actual like 
millimeter just like running around oh her dream sequences movies. are eight millimeter yeah yeah mm-hmm. and like just doing like all of those um yeah it's yeah it just it, it gives it that just so real which is so funny because like all the other movies that we've covered with dream sequences they're meant to look like dreams and in this movie when she's dreaming these sequences out they're made to look like movies like they're made to look like look old like home, s- movie. old home mm-hmm. movies which makes it i don't know it makes those dreams realer for me which makes no sense because it's fucking opposite land you know <laughs> like, right but that and everything looks pretty normal but that somebody will do something that you're like wait what's that uh, about <laughs> why do you carve seven seven one four into his arm <laughs> right yes Yes, all this like subliminal nods in the dream sequences are really, really fucking cool too. Um, yeah, well, well, Robin gone. Uh, Finney's asking Gwen to kind of just like do the dreamscape. She's like, it doesn't fucking really work like that. But she'll ask Jesus. Uh, please, Jesus, please, please. <laughs> hey, I know you're gonna, you're gonna, you know what I'm gonna ask, but I'm just gonna ask it anyways. So. Um, it, interesting uh when the dad gets the call to te- and he has to tell the kid that uh, tell Finney that uh Robin has been abducted or is now missing whatever he yes says they kind of cut to that it's really short but you like in that short scene you realize like all right well like it seems like they still love their dad and he still loves them it's just I think like, that they he's have this drunken He's a like, raging alcoholic who child beats his kids. who doesn't know. Yeah. It's weird because I think he has a lot of emotional attachment to his kids. Honestly, when I see those scenes over after watching this like three times, I feel like the kids have an automated response to not get hit. Like all of this, like, yes, daddy, oh, no, daddy, I love you, daddy. Like all of those yes. sequences, like they don't love their dad. They're just trained to say that shit so they don't get hit. Like oh, I think they do still because they're like you're gonna take care of dad tonight. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel like, like I, I I agree with Ross, and I, we could speak more to that at the end. I feel like there's the scene at the end speaks to this where he is almost begging for their forgiveness, and I feel yes. like they're kind of like and they're whatever. Up, but yeah, well, <laughs> still, uh, he leans on her where she leaned on him after she gets beat. He leans totally. on her there at the but, end, yeah. and yeah. I think uh, yeah, I mean like, and this actually, I I wasn't even gonna. Now that we've kind of like breached the, the subject, <laughs> breached it. Um, there, I caught it the first time around. Like his alcoholism or other weird shit is so bad that that Gwen doesn't sleep in the house on Fridays. Like she intentionally leaves the house. So her brother can babysit their drunk father. Like I didn't quite get it the first time. I just thought it was a sleepover, but he goes, Nope, it's Friday. I got to do this. You've got dad, which basically means like, she's, I got that. I as think it's she's whatever uncom- night she can escape. I don't know yeah. if it's, it's necessary. Like it's every Friday. She can yeah. do it. Was, it. It's every, like, well, that's the at least what, what she was doing in the movie. It was every Friday night. Was Yeah. It was every Friday said. night. And that was her way to get out. But it, I don't know. There was this like, uh, foreboding, like something well, off is going. Like she's just. Te- I mean, obviously she got beat with a fucking belt. You yeah. know what I mean? Like she's just fucking out of there. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Same. I mean, we can definitely get into it. I there ain't no love from those kids like that. That, that, that right. yeah. I don't know. Well, I watched it today and like Sunday, and it seemed to me that there was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just because you're I, such it a, seems you're, they're terrified of being beat, but it, it, I. There's plenty of people who have been beat by their parents badly. 
that still love their parents. No, you're just an incredibly optimistic, beautiful human being, and you try to find the light in everything. So I appreciate that, and that's what I need in in, in, in this podcast <laughs> and in my life. Yeah, <laughs> just a realist. Just being real. Hey, real recognizes real. Uh, with Robin gone, uh, Finney is in open fucking season, and this damn fight scene with Ooh. his bullies and Gwen was like the little rascals and battle Royale uh, were like in a fly chamber and got Cronenberged. Like it was like a fight. And then Gwen cracks a fucking kid in the head with a rock <laughs> and like the scalp bleeding. I'm so surprised that no one was like more just stop what they're doing because my friend is gushing blood out of his face. Yeah. Um, it just seemed like, I mean, I remember in the theater when I saw this in the theater, definitely when that happened, everyone was like, when he gets hit, everyone's like, ooh. And then when he goes off to the sidelines and just starts like gushing the blood, everyone's like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, shit, okay. this is more serious. But then it's not. <laughs> yeah, no, then it's not. But it, like it gave me um, it gave me creep show vibes, like the crate sequence where Fluffy's underneath and like the guy gets ripped in his face and just the blood just profusely pouring out. I was like, that's a lot of blood. I know it's a scalp. I know it's a scalp, but that's is anybody, I, nobody's just gonna let just gonna pass out on the chain link fence as they just keep on fighting and beating the shit out of each other. I do like that is though that's like the the timeout area because after she gets kicked in the face, she crawls over to that area and it's like they know to go sit across sit at the fence. That means you're not gonna get fucked up anymore. That means like okay, guys, it's serious. Get I don't. It's like this weird like seventies eighties rules of like what like a kids fight and kids fighting i was like this also felt very i was like joe hill's stephen king's son this felt very stephen king to me like yeah i was yeah. getting those vibes throughout the whole thing but yeah it was, well, it was neat the, i liked it that all the stuff before he's in there is uh not from the the short story is basically just in the basement just in the room mm-hmm. yeah so all this stuff was stuff they had to make for the movie uh what's his name scott derrickson grew up in north Denver during the 70s and said he had there was violence at home and in the neighborhood the kids just like beat each other up he's like I'm not exaggerating I probably saw 100 fights from like first grade to graduating um, high school and that's what was co- that was really cool about this movie so. like they, it, they literally like no gloves when it came to all the fight scenes and mm-hmm. like the fight scenes seemed very real even the like the pinball knife coming out scene later on in the movie was like all of these fight scenes that kind of pop off are like these oh my god like that you would expect with child actors they would get to a certain point and then like do a different angle or like an (laughs) over the shoulder or like a reservoir dogs where it's like a little bit off screen and i just i like the boldness of just like no these these kids like it's the seven like they're gonna beat the shit out of each other because i like that's how i remember it and that's how this needs to be portrayed I thought it was a really cool artistic choice from the director. And Finney gets the shit kicked out of him. Like, they really... Oh, and then and, just, and then next scene, he's just in class. Pretty fine. Like, Hang he's on. a little cut and bruised. But he actually takes hits very well throughout the movie. You know what? Yeah. Uh, Robin yeah. actually makes that point. He goes, you were a fighter because every time you got knocked, you got hit. You just got back up. You could take a hit better than anybody I know. That's, mm. yeah, so good. Uh, well, it is TGI, you know, thank God it's Friday. Uh, Gwen goes over to her uh, hangout with her BFF. Uh, so uh, Finney's got to take care of dad, um, but he doesn't get a chance to because uh, with the help of a carton of eggs and a paralyzing nerve agent, uh, he gets grabbed by the grabber. 
and this is we get to see we get to see Mr. Hawk um not in a mask. We get to see him in very weird pale makeup. Mm-hmm. He looks like um oh my gosh. He looks like a dead either a dead magician or um do you remember uh Danny DeVito in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where it was the Frank's beauty pageant and okay no. no okay so he has a little kid beauty pageant but his best friend is a mortician and he does the makeup for him like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the vibe i was getting i was like oh, okay so your undertaker friend did your makeup for kids parties like it's just all mm-hmm. like it's yeah, i've seen the makeup. still shots of that paint where it's all it's almost like he had white paint on his face and yeah, then washed it off it but off. he still has like this thinner light like he just sort of wiped it and it's still all there but i'd seen the images of him like that and then in the movie i felt like i could barely see him and i was like this should be where he has the white face right i couldn't even really well i think they even really toned down on this because when um in the in joe hill's story the grabber doesn't have a mask at all right um which is a very keynote difference but when they were developing this um, their first inclination was like with the character of the grabber, he they wanted to make him a clown. Like they wanted to make him like a party clown because that's he's what he is in the Joe Hill story. In the Joe Hill story, because he's based off of John Wayne Gacy. Mm-hmm. So like this character's heavily based off of John Wayne Gacy. When they were in production, uh I think it was either pre-development, uh Joe Hill kind of came through. This is when it was coming out in theaters. And he made a very hard line with the creators of the film and was like, guys, he cannot be a clown. Like, we are, we can, like, you can keep the balloons, all that kind of stuff, but like, you can't, like, he cannot be a clown. Like, that's way too close. I think realistically, it's way too close to his father's work, especially when the films were supposed to be coming out at the time. He's good friends with one of the writers and just called him and was like, you got you need to yeah. change it to something else. And they're like, okay. Which is like a <laughs> and then he made, some and then, hard line. Thing. Yeah. Well, then Joe so Hill. They're made, friends. Yeah. Well, Joe Hill made the uh, um, suggestion of doing it like, why don't you just make him like a magician? I think that would probably like, you know, it makes it, it makes that transition easier in the narrative because it's still within the same wheelhouse. He's just not in clown makeup. Well, he had the, he, I, th- I didn't think it was him that had the magician thing, but he said it should be the magician. And he gave him the idea of the magician and the devil, which was like a thirties and forties thing where a magician would have two personas on stage. He would like do his magic act and then he would be the devil. Mm. Um, and that's mm-hmm. how they got the idea for the masks, the devil masks that he Which wears. Which so um, good. He's, he was the magician before and now he's Now devil. he's the devil in, in the multiple multiple faces of the devil. But I do like the fact, obviously, after getting like, you know, uh, maced in the face, like, I'm still a little curious on how that like paralyzing agent works because it looks like he's screaming and it's just shot down this kid's throat as he's thrown in the back of this. It was like sure. that whole thing was very jarring and fucking like, oh, God, this fucking character is so off putting. It makes Michael Jackson seem like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like I, I don't. It's like I just I don't know means, what that means. I don't. Yeah, I would fail that SAT question. <laughs> it's just okay. So like, it has this. Well, he's just like he has this very effeminate personification to himself, especially like he's when he's theatrical. Like, theatrical, exactly. You know what I mean? Like he almost has like it for me personally. It's like he had like 
Jackson mannerisms, if that made sense, where it's just like in certain aspects of his like tonal value and like how he would talk and how he would touch them and stuff like that. Whereas like, I'm just saying he's so gross. He made me think like Michael Jackson mannerisms were basically just like, uh, just, oh, uh, yeah, I just yeah. equated that to weird, almost pedophile, like <laughs> weird yeah. dude. Like, yes. so it tracks with Michael Jackson. I was totally. going to say at this point, I'm a little upset with Finn, with Finney because he, we haven't even talked about at this point like he's scared of the grabber like he sees all these signs. he's like don't even the say the guy's name like that's how scary yeah. he is so yeah. how like easily he goes up to this weird dude <laughs> on this yeah. oh yeah i want to see a magic like you're a magician okay yeah. like I, I was like all right i know he has, has to get kidnapped he here or whatever kid- but i was yeah. like come on dude you've been you've been pretty scared of this and you're just ready to go up to the weird magician Oh, the those black, black balloons! Like you want to just be like, see the Later. black balloons and be like, shit, and yeah, run yeah, off yeah. without saying anything. Like, <laughs> just fucking yeah, yeah. It maybe it might have been a, a couple things like that. Call that if he would have, it would have been like a trap, as in like instead of just like getting grabbed, like if or it was just not that, have him as scared. Well, he's the, the grabber, grabber, not the trapper. Yeah, he isn't the trapper. <laughs> the trapper. <laughs> But yeah, like just, oh, just not have him be like afraid to mention the dude's name or he is afraid to get grabbed or something. I mean, that would just allow him to I don't know. I'm not yeah. it's not that like no, concerning that. to me. It's just you know, no, watching I, the movie three or four times. Time now. I watched it. Yeah. yeah. He got got pretty easily. So now we actually get to see uh the grabber and the masks. Or at least one of them. Mask um one. it mask Blank one. one. It is okay, so the way that these are made is that there's a top helm which is kind of like the eyes the nose bridge and then the horns on top now the face as in like the mouth the nose the mouth and the the chin line are interchangeable so we have Mm -hmm. a, a blank face we have a happy face and we have a frowny face and during this entire movie um they get interchanged throughout so sometimes he doesn't have the top part and he just has the bottom part which is like a happy face sad face blank face sometimes he's got like different organizations of it um tom savini made this series of masks and originally um when ethan hawk was proposed to do this movie he didn't want it's not that he didn't want to do this part but he just didn't want to be a villain uh, right. And that was kind of a continuous thing throughout his, most of his career. Um, I see. This is kind of weird though, because like I think I was telling you, I, I, I have conflicting articles depending on who's writing it. Is that one person said he was fifty, and he just said to hell with it. Who cares anymore? Which I don't <laughs> think is an. That's probably not. I mean, that might be like three percent accurate, but probably not very accurate. Um, the one that I did like is that when uh, Ethan was presented all of these masks. It made the identity of the grabber more tangible because he felt like he had like he could hide behind it. You know what I mean? Like as in like he could personify what the mask is and not it's not him anymore. It's the grabber like he can be a full encompassing. It's kind of like, uh, you know, when they talk about like um, Skarsgård when he was doing the Pennywise makeup is that you don't know the character until you are the character. And then that's kind of how he developed the grabber and almost that like multiple personality disorder set up. Where like every mask almost has its own different personality to it. Yeah, I I heard or he said that he liked the idea of like sort of the challenge, I guess, of acting with a mask on the whole time or m- almost the whole time. Yeah, and uh, it fucking works. He is the, so gross and weird. One of the reasons why he never wanted to be a villain is he was like Jack Nicholson after The Shining. Almost ever anything he was in, people always 
had a little bit of hesitancy, like, is this guy going to cut my head off? He's <laughs> yeah. like, and I did, never wanted that. So being behind the mask allowed him, like, that's not really a concern because you don't really see him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it is. I think, it, uh, honestly, I think it liberated his performance in a way that if he had hesitations and was just like in makeup, like, you know, grease paint makeup or like just himself, I feel like we may have actually gotten not less of a performance, but like we would have gotten an, an Ethan Hawke performance. I think with the mask on, it elevated it to a different level because he didn't have to worry about himself. And I think that was a really cool thing, especially since he's like in articles talking about the hesitancy about being one of these characters, you know? Right. And another reason is he doesn't want to go into that. He talked about not wanting to go in the headspace of like a crazy person. That's not like something that's enjoyable <laughs> for him. <laughs> but what was interesting is with this character is how much background he had to develop on his own because a lot of it's left a mystery yeah like it, it's sort of touched on and you assume there's a story there you can kind of make up your own thing but they, they don't flush out a lot of it but him playing the character he needed to do that on his own so yeah he has his own meaning for all those things oh totally i mean like just drops we get the nuances of like how he talks and i mean like even the sequence where like he's bringing uh, uh finney down into this basement and this basement uh, is definitely built for the intention of keeping people in it. Like the windows are barred. There's this toilet that's around like this weird cut hallway in the room itself, mm-hmm. um, which is conveniently stacked with rugs. And <laughs> there's, as the title of the movie suggests, is a disconnected black phone landline i have to say landline now that's weird to me i have to say landline because i feel if i just say there's just a black phone in this room they're just gonna think there's just an iphone sitting on the floor you know what i mean Uh like even like 78 Mm. you know so yes ladies and gentlemen it is landline that has a uh you know like a receiver and you know like all that fun 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 jazz um to give you kind of a perspective of what this room looks like um this looks like a silent hill pleasure palace like this is all like (laughs) The fire alarm goes off and then everything dissipates out. And this is this is the king suite. Um, it is gross. It is off putting. And it is just like, you know, that bad shit has happened in this room. Like, you know, like there's, I don't know, the scenery in this, like <laughs> not. Babadook. There is the scenery. Yeah. More it's of just, it. It's just, yeah. <laughs> Cement it's, walls. Um, there's also. Lo- sinister. Yes, and, so there we go. There's the sin- yeah. There are intentional sinister, sinister? Easter egg. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's it's an Ethan intentional the the the, 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 the crack line. in the wall, wall is like a reference to the poster for sinister. Uh, I've never seen it. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's fantastic. And now, but that uh, was part of why Ethan Hawke also wanted to do this was because Scott Derrickson asked him and he mm-hmm. wanted to work with him again. I mean, why not? I mean, dude, like sinister was a. Uh, I haven't seen it either. Odd and really, but I know the poster. Odd and really good movie. Yes. Absolutely. I haven't seen it, but I know that poster. We now get the first of many phone rings. Uh, but this one's a pump fake. He answers it and uh, a fake. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Um, but it's like it is. No, it's weird, though. He answers. There's nothing, but it's like a pump fake because the voice is actually behind him because the grabber is now adorning a smiley face bottom mask thing and tells him to hang it up. I like this scene because Finney is now, this is the first time they're like 
talking, talking with each other. Um, it shows how on point Finney is with what the grabber is telling him and the information that he's taking from the conversation. It really plays to the intelligence of Finney, where he is talking about like everything's like not working even like things aren't working out what do you mean him like when he's talking when the grabber's talking about his brother coming through and stuff like that um you can tell that like the survivalist is in full max and finney is really really fucking smart and like this was the first nod of that where i was like oh this kid's gonna fuck this dude's day up like i can just tell right now like this kid is not gonna just take this this is gonna be one of those oh yeah he's gonna be battles battle oh. for survival <laughs> once we got to this part i actually couldn't help but think of uh fresh because it's really the, i guess oh. the only other movie we've watched yeah. where somebody's tied up against their will and kind of casually that, explaining what's gonna happen to you and like yeah i'm not gonna hurt you oh we're even now because you got my arm and you know like i had to get you like he's like he and finney's also at this point half blind which right is, yeah, yeah from the <laughs> that paral paralyzing drug totally dude and like uh and like he knows like finney knows he's the killer and that fucking scene where he says it was someone else with that really weird overhead light so it's got he's literally got this devil face mask thing on and he goes mm-hmm. i don't know what you're talking about that was someone completely different that was <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not believing that i'm not believing that at all well i think it was in his mind i mean so here's what i want to ask does do you think the grabber has multiple personalities going on i don't know i i i think to a certain extent yes but not full disassociation i think that he allows himself to be other people while wearing the masks yes i agree with that but that's why i think that he in his mind or in that moment is saying that like no this character i am right now that is the one Mm, he's not the one that kills you or hurts you because that's the smiley mask. That's or whatever. Yeah, because right now it's smiley mask. Because, yeah, you get to frowny face naughty boy mask. <laughs> that's bad news bears. Anytime that guy is wearing that one, that's is that's fucking Well, and blank is the first one we see. So it's almost right. like he hasn't decided yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of, yeah, it's the. F- <laughs> this is the first movie that has a, a slasher with a mood ring mask. Like, you can tell if he's fucking happy or pissed just by when he walks down the stairs. Where it's like, oh, he's got eggs? Great. Okay, good. This is fine. He's got a smiley face on. He might flirt with me, but that's to the extent of it. You know what I mean? And then yes. he shows up with frowny face with a bull mastiff, and you're like, okay, well, I'm I'm going to die. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Then, like, I don't know if the – yeah, we're getting around to the part where, yeah, he's just hanging out in there and, like – Yes. Oh, my God. So, they give up – okay, so, like, the grabber lets out of the bag just a little bit uh, – that he also hears the phone ring and it's not just it's not just finney but he kind of dismisses it as like static electricity in the basement and like sometimes i hear it and like it's kind of weird isn't it Mm -hmm. man okay so like this one actually kind of got to me when finney's trying to backtrace backtrace what robin would do in the room and then he has that breakdown that that really really got like i'm not gonna make it out of here like that kind of like defeatist like fuck like i'm okay like if my best friend who literally beat moose's face into a person pancake couldn't get out of this thing like <laughs> yeah, how right. the fuck am i gonna do this it was just a really real moment for a 13 year old kid to be like i just i've just never seen like uh um that kind of portrayal that early on in a movie i guess you know what i mean where it's just like i'm fucking done dude the phone is consistently ringing throughout this entire thing. But yeah, Brian, this is, oh my God. Oh, da, 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 da. This is the, um, 
he Finn wakes up and he's been getting some <laughs> phone calls and like no one's like there's nothing on the other end. He falls asleep and then he has this like weird half hallucination that the black phone's like mocking him and he tells him to stop it. And then all of a sudden the grabbers in the corner going, stop that one. <laughs> you're like, yeah. what the fuck? And no! then, yeah, oh, God. Yeah. And as he's leaving, he's like, what were you, what were you even down here for? He's like, I just wanted to look at you. <laughs> and I was like, ugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, okay. So the first time and he, he almost looks it, like he's about to cry when cry. he says yes. it. His yeah. like eyes well he's, up with tears. Yeah. It's, oh. Yeah. Because like the first time is like, ugh. And then he says it again. And it sounds mm-hmm. like he's, like you said, Sam, it's like he's going to either cry or puke in his mouth i have no idea what the fuck that emotion is but it's just that i just wanted to look at you and then just like out you're like oh god damn it finny fuck just wearing a bottom half at this time do you guys remember what bottom half he's wearing for that i do not the, um, probably still the smiley one right i believe it was or the so, blank yes. one no i, I think believe it was, it was smiley, smiley at this point yeah i'm pretty sure the smiley one um little boss so yeah grabber goes uh phone rings again and now we start with the series of phone calls mm-hmm. and no ladies and gentlemen it is not billy hiding in an attic <laughs> this is someone from the other side what other, other side of what <laughs> <laughs> other side of the wall it's really other weird side of arnold the other side of arnold um i do like the fact that like this is again he's just finny plays his character so real he freaks the fuck out and hangs up the phone but it just keeps on ringing oh i like actually that answers it. Yeah, he's just like nope no fucking way not doing it not doing it um i like he hangs up and then it rings and rings like a normal phone and hangs up and he hangs it up and backs away and then it starts ringing again and it's just a continuous ring. doesn't stop ringing yeah, yeah like it's yes. just one long ring. So like, ring shit i guess i'll go pick this up totally and i and I, oh man the portrayal of the afterlife in this movie is so bleak, bleak and weird <laughs> Um, just because like this, it's Bruce, like you can tell from the vocals, like from his voice, but like, he's saying like, I don't remember my name. Uh, it's the first thing you lose when you like, uh, when you know, and he's like, know what? It's like, well, I don't know yeah. what, I don't what's my <laughs> name. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and he keeps on repeating your arm is mint. I really like, like, man, there's a, there's a very large overarching thing that is now starting like the fuse has been lit from the first phone call till the end of the movie and when it actually all accumulates it's outstanding the grabber so, oh sorry what's sorry. with the repeating thing i didn't get that is that what you're gonna say it all pays off yes. later when yes. they repeat lines yes i never it never paid off for me i don't okay so this is without, I mean, we can just kind of jump around, but like, okay, I describe these kind of movies. This is a mousetrap movie. Certain cogs get put into play throughout the entire film. By the last act of the grabber, you realize that even the most minute things from these phone calls actually meant something in a large, grander scheme. Mm-hmm. So like, the vocalizations and the things that you're hearing in the phone calls, because you get it in Gwen when Gwen is in uh, the pinball kids. What the hell was his name? Vance. When it's in Vance's dreamscape, um, she's hearing the call from Finney while it's happening, but it happened later on. So like on the other side, like time and space don't really like jive well. So like 
they're talking, but like it's in the past, but also in the present. Like their time is like right. super. I got loose. all that. So, um, so I, I'm just the kids repeating phrases. I don't get that. Okay, you will you will by the well, end of it. I mean, I okay. think it's just part of like how they forget things. Like these are some of the things that I guess like your arm is meant. All that stuff was stuff that he said right before he got grabbed. So it's kind of recently before the grabbing. So I think it's stuff that they can like. It's stuff that they can. It's uh, still for whatever reason. That's what they're holding on to and totally. only able to repeat and then maybe get in, you know. Well, I, it's also I, keynotes for Finney because your arm is mint. Your arm is mint. By the end of the movie, his, it is because he's using it like they're coaching him by repeating certain things that he's actively doing at the end of the movie. Okay, that was the answer I was looking for. Keep, yeah. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay, sorry. And they also, there's also a little tidbit at the end of there too, because, well, anyways. Holy shit. Okay, so yeah, we get this fucking phone sequence. Damn, guys, fucking Gwen's dream sequence is fucking brutal. We see Bruce as a little ass kid growing up, then the grabber grabbing him. Um... Again, I think things hit me a little differently now that I've got little ones, but like the idea of like the home camera version of Bruce growing up and playing baseball and like hugging and kissing his mom and dad at like five years old and then growing up a little more and you see him in school and then growing up a little more and then getting abducted. Like it, I don't know. It's such a great way of accumulating the life of someone in a film and you can still spark that emotional attachment because now you you have that thread of like this person's life shy of what you have just seen in the last 20 minutes. Yeah, it didn't do anything for me really. <laughs> I was like, yeah, kind of cool. Like, okay, yeah. set it up for what this is. I will say in that scene- You when have Finney's, become very sensitive to kids stuff. It does yeah, seem like. it does yeah. seem like. But um, yeah. I will say- the, Whereas the part I where... also have two kids and have not. <laughs> <laughs> if you notice when Finney in the dreamscape is like, trapped in the house and trying to get out you can see yeah. on the side of it the um the murder board like in the house yes yes can, oh like, yeah. Yeah, yeah so you can see that yeah you i can noticed see that after like a, board yeah and the accurate um address is in the first vision so like it's before she starts upside seeing the down second, yes yeah yeah because yeah. in most cases in dreams um what is it like uh, most things are jarbled and things are like reversed and is it upside down and reversed Reverse it, upside. I mean, Flip it and reverse it, Missy Elliot. I don't know. How does it? How do we know that? I don't know. Sam doesn't dream. <laughs> Sam, yeah, that's right. Sam's yeah. <laughs> Sam's sociopath. Yeah, no. I think this also the scene is so fucked up even for Gwen that like she's so fucked up over this that she actually goes out on her bicycle and starts searching for the house that she thinks Finney might be in. So this sparks her entire like cat and mouse trying to figure out where this house is. Uh, so without missing a beat, Finney starts digging a hole. Uh, because Bruce had told him that there was kind of a broken part of where the tiles were right in that hallway that he needed to start digging because he said he could get under the foundation, which sparked him to be like, fuck, yeah, I can totally do that. So he has this like whole montage scene of him like hand digging and then flushing and then like kind of hand digging and then flushing. And conveniently, there are rugs all over the place. So he fits like he puts, puts the rug on top of it and kind of just like... All right, time to crash out. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and then every time he goes to the bathroom after that, he had to run and jump. <laughs> every time. Are you kidding me? Well, that, that helps uh, loosen the urine, if you didn't know well, that. Well, I was going to say, hopefully it doesn't have to go really bad, otherwise a little uh -oh. might come out with, on you, that jump. Yeah, you might get a chicken nugget <laughs> come out like beforehand. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, yeah, so uh, waking up again, like now we've got... Oh, okay, dude. 
The grabber brings him food, but then he leaves the goddamn door unlocked. He's like, what'd you put in my food? What'd you put in my food? Salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. Salt he like pepper. looks down at the plate and looks back up. Salt and salt pepper. pepper. But he does make a really good point because he says, I, I already have drugged you and you're already in here and can't get out. Why would I drug you again? Mm-hmm. To to Finney's response going like, all right, point taken. All right, yeah, all right. Like, who knows? I don't know why you're doing any of this. <laughs> I don't know. What, yeah. I don't know, Mr. Mask Man. <laughs> Finney's about to walk up those stairs. Uh, then the phone rings. This is a new kid warning him that it's a trap. And then we actually get our, oh, dude, we get our first ghost, like an actual ghost. We get a full face gash across. I love, love, L-O-V-E in all capitals, how the ghosts interact with Finny when he's on the phone. It's like mm-hmm. this really weird, it's either like a deer dance around him so like they're interacting with things around him without him seeing it. He's usually like they're like over the shoulder shots or behind him shots. I mean, sometimes there's some poltergeist action with like, you know, the spin the bottle scene later. Mm-hmm. But like, I like the fact that they're interacting with him without interacting with him. And it seems very right. connected, but so distant at the same time because of how the characters are just not interact, like not ta- directly in front of each other. But like, I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. It's a great way of doing it. It really reminded me of, um, and I don't know if it was just because of how the makeup was, but uh, the Devil's Backbone. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a, a Del Toro. Uh, like uh, I don't know. Someone in co- comments or said you, you just ripped me a new asshole because I'm completely forgetting the name of that movie. But it, it does. It, Kid Ghosts. But it's very very similar in the fact that like it gives me those kind of vibes. But the main huge thing for it is. Uh, Billy is telling us to do not go upstairs. Mm-hmm. As he's telling you that, we get this panning shot of going up to this thing and uh, Grabber's waiting upstairs with a belt. Oh my God, dude. Oh, with no shirt. No oh, yeah. shirt. Charlie Chaplin Waddle sitting. And dude, he's waiting for goo. Goo a thousand times when I saw that. I was just like, oh. Oh, fuck, dude. Because, like, <laughs> it's just frowny face, and he's sitting there, and you know, just by this kid saying he's going to beat you, and then you're going to tell him to stop, and he will continuously beat you till you black out. So, like, all I'm picturing is Gwen getting the dog shit beat out of her earlier in the film, and I'm like, oh, so that was intense, but stopped. There may be a scene later on where it's so intense and just keeps on going. I think that for me was like, that gave me anxiety. Where like at this point in the movie, I was like, oh, please don't do that. Finn, don't, Finny, don't do that. <laughs> don't, That's funny. I never expected that. that to actually happen to him. Me neither. Or I was, I, yeah, I never felt that terror. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I think he would be smarter than it, but it just, I was picturing that or like a, a cut scene to one of the other kids getting that treatment or something like that, you know? I figured they gave us their fill, the audience's fill of beating a kid with a belt first time mm-hmm. i was like there's no way they're gonna do this again <laughs> <laughs> will they or won't they so by the next phone call uh billy wants to let him know that he's ne- he, he just wants to be called Paperboy. like he doesn't like his fucking name at this point uh which i think is weirder like as i guess as the older these people the older they're dead that doesn't make sense the longer they've died there we go that makes more sense the longer they die the longer I feel they're dead more- yeah, it's Not like the disassociation from like, like a name. long period of death. The death, like an old Western. 
Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so by the next phone call, um, Billy just wants to be called Paperboy, and he has hid a super long, like, cable rope in the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, he kind of does his own version, like a Ouija version of spin the bottle uh, with Finney's soda bottle and points to the barred window to like, what am I supposed to do with this? And he fucking just goes like, I'm like do that. Finney grabs a cable and with the help of a convenient, I like, I'm just going to use convenient rug because every rug in this murder palace is just convenient. Like every single time, either to hide something or to help him elevate stuff because he feeds this fucking rope through the rug through the bars to go mm-hmm. out which i thought was just like this kid's like fucking macgyver dude yeah i, I yeah it was good good call i guess <laughs> right I, I was like just tie a knot in it and throw the throw it through with a knot on the end but then I, anyone got that i was like all right or you could just do that seems slight enough to maybe climb that thing why don't you try that <laughs> yes and yeah. he does try climbing the oh that's yeah he probably should have just climbed the actual rug itself but like right. he tries climbing the rope, but uh, that doesn't work out. And he, oh, dude, when this, this great pops, up, <laughs> fucking so brutal, dude. Like all the violence in this is so it seems real. Like and, he should be a lot more hurt. Than oh, what happens mm-hmm. to him? The way he takes this, this is, yeah, pops off and like he meat slaps onto the ground and like clearly had fucked himself up, like. <laughs> I was waiting for like that, you know, like when you get knocked out, that like that, I was like his head contusion, like when it hit him, I was like, this kid's been knocked. I feel like that should have just been like, and just fucking knocked. She just had the SpongeBob three hours later when he woke up from like a like right. a head smack that hard. It's like, how do you make this movie a cartoon? Yes, dude, absolutely. <laughs> oh, guys, we get introduced to Max now. Dude, uh, yes, love Max. Max. Holy shit, dude. Max is a wild man. Uh, he takes the cops in and he's got a fucking Charlie Day. I'm just making so many It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia references. But he's got this Charlie Day map set up in this fucking place of just all the different places where this fucking grabber connecting could be. Connecting the dots. He's connecting the dots. He's working at it here. Uh, he's uh, uh, he's just crashing his brother's place. He's actually in from Durango. Uh <laughs> I love the fact he's got fucking rails of cocaine on the table <laughs> and the cops don't do anything. They go, you should, uh, you should probably clean up before your brother gets home. <laughs> yeah. It's like, shit. And then oh, he goes God down to snort damn. it. And then in a very clever shot, I didn't notice till the second time I watched it, it kind of pans down to the carpet and then down through the floor mm-hmm. and then down through the floor into where Finney is in the basement and the first time I just thought it was, you know, how they were cutting from scene to scene. Uh, you um, weren't realizing they were and, actually telling us it was. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> and now we are going from upstairs to downstairs. Right. This <laughs> is fucking, oh my God, dude. Uh, when you have that realization, you're like, oh God damn it. I also do like the fact that they never bring up the, I don't think they bring up the grabber's name ever. I don't think so. You're introduced to Max, but Max never uh, says his brother's name, which I thought was just so good, so ominous. And just so you know what's weird. funny for me with the grabber is I do a thing with my son where I put my hand kind of closed so it looks like a bird or something. I always thought of it as like an ostrich beak or something. And I'll get him uh, in between his neck and shoulders and stuff and tickle him with it. And he calls it my grabber hand. <laughs> oh no! So, uh, so that's fun. That's fun. That's that'll be a fun thing to see. 
Funny like, story no, about the grabber hand, regular hand. But now <laughs> there's, you know, different connotations. Been watching, thinking about this movie all week, which is weird. <laughs> when, <laughs> right? You're like, ah, oh, this gives us just a totally different aspect to that. Dude, oh, God damn it. Dude, the grabber shows up so many times. The I know you're not sleeping. This whole paper monologue that happens. So Finn, uh, Finny wakes up and then kind of like realizes the grabber is going to come in, falls back asleep, fake falls asleep. Fucking grabber already knows that. So shit is now officially kind of, not a kind of, definitely hitting the fan. Uh, they are doing clean sweeps of the fucking uh, neighborhoods. Uh, grabber's brother has now officially moved in. Um, this, I feel... If Finney had given him his real name, that mm-hmm. there was like a 20% possibility that he actually may have like would have dropped this kid off somewhere, which sounds fucking weird. Like, because I know the fact he's a sadistic killer, but the way how convincing Ethan Hawke is saying as this character where he's like, I um, oh. I'm going to be totally honest. He was wearing the frowny face, which I'm pretty sure with this whole thing was a test and bullshit just based so off the frowny face. So he already came down upset. Yeah. He, yeah. Because he has like, the frowny face on. It. But like the way that he talks about it, he's like, everything's all messed up. Nothing is going the way I want it to. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can come can back from this. Can you imagine being the grabber and your brother moves in with you and he's there to try and find out who the grabber <laughs> is? You're like, God, everything's it's fucked all up right weird. now. I gotta <laughs> guess now. Oh not God. how it's supposed to go. He's Yeah, Max is allergic to dogs. I can't even have my dog out. Like, I don't even know what's going on. Samson's. Sam, mm-hmm. Oh, God, that dog. Gorgeous dog. So after the the grabber leaves and kind of like throws 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 the eggs on the ground with salt and pepper and his drink, uh, sad face is upstairs, same Charlie Chaplin waddle, and he's just waiting with an open shirt. It's so gross. Ev- oh god, it's just this like because he's like he's doing that weird shimmy when you're trying to like stretch your back out, like you're like okay. I'm just going to stretch out here. I'm going to wake up a little bit. Uh, i got a few hours of beating this kid to do, so let me just mm-hmm. <laughs> make sure all my, uh, I don't want to throw something out. Oh, guys, it's shit. We get suspended in air slashed up kid like fucking exorcist out of nowhere, which was mm-hmm. super. The first time seeing that actually fucked me up. Like, I don't know if I was like, I, sometimes when I'm watching some of these things for the first time, I'm multitasking. I think I was multitasking. I just like looked up at the screen and there's just this like just mm-hmm. fucking bloody drippy kid. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, duff, no. Phone rings again. It's a new kid. And this kid is telling him the game of naughty boy. Um, so the reason why Finney's been alive for so long is because this entire thing is supposed to play out where he's supposed to try to escape, then get the ever loving shit beat out of him, Mm -hmm. uh, and then taken back down. And then I'm assuming had his just getting murdered at, at a minimum, probably getting murdered at a maximum, probably something much more nefarious and worse. Uh, but Finney hasn't been playing the game. So Finney is still in the basement because he hasn't actually tried to escape yet. So I assume that Naughty Boy is a game that was played with the grabber down there when he was a kid because it seems like right. a childhood home and the yeah. black phone he mentions being Her down head. there. I think it's passed on trauma. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they give definitely give nods to that. They don't say it outright, but yeah, I what you're inferring is <laughs> not probably. No, they don't say it outright. That no, is my assumptions. I think your assumptions very right. Uh, so the new victim tells Finney that the grabber is definitely asleep upstairs, 
uh, and the door to escape is uh, locked with his old bike lock. Uh, he carved the numbers on the wall and doesn't remember the combination. We get a two, three, three, one, seven is what he wrote. So there's three possible combina- combinations of that. Which Finney rattled off right away. He's like, is it two thirty three seventeen twenty three three? I can't even do it now. And I've <laughs> I just watched the movie twice. So I was very impressed. Is it two? Uh, it's it's either got to be what is it two thirty three two thirty three seventeen twenty three thirty one seven twenty three. Wait. I know there's another. <laughs> See, okay. Finney's better than us because, like, even with the shit in front of me, I can't dictate it back. And like, freaked out in this basement. I'm just saying, he's good with numbers. That's all. Fan- oh, absolutely fantastic. So the grabber's passed out. Finney creeps up around him. This is like a hellscape version of Don't Wake Daddy, the Milton Bradley board game. Like mm-hmm. I like he's just creeping around him, and I'm just like, oh, oh god damn it, don't wake up, don't wake up. And it's crazier because he has a mask on, so you have no idea. It's just <laughs> and then just some like weird growl thing too. Like that was just he's like <laughs> that's for all the uh, was it ASMR AMSR listeners in there. That was free of charge mm-hmm. for you as misters. <laughs> Funny boy. Um. I'm surprised that Finney wasn't fucking running at this point. I mean, I know he's supposed to be slinking, but you could have moved a little faster than that. This was almost as irritating as the Kim getting picked up. Minimal, but still I wanted to bring that up. Uh, he's frantically trying to undo this lock uh, as the grabber's in frame right behind him. Uh, oh, God, this entire scene was so tense. And then the dog barks the second he undoes the lock. And then, mm-hmm. fucking, guys, he's out. He gets out of the fucking house um, for, like, two seconds. Uh, Grabber woke up because the dog barked, and he gets fucking tackled and held at knife point. I felt so bad for Finney, dude. I felt so, so fucking bad for Finney. I like that scene where he he says something real quick. He's like, the Grabber, because he knows uh-huh. people know what that means. Yeah. And then he gets down in the neighbor's lights flick on the like front lights and they're you're just kind of waiting while the grabber is threatening him oh, and you're waiting if you and scream waiting, i will and then you just like a pig. turn off <laughs> and then it. strangle you with your own intestines yes there's a follow-up oh, <laughs> God, dude yeah like yeah, a pig so, that's how they kill pigs it's like a fucking terrible. pig um okay so <laughs> real quick Gwen's new monologue with Jesus. What Jesus? What, what the, the fuck? fuck? What <laughs> the so fuck? Good. What the hell is wrong with you, Jesus? Oh my god, dude! Uh, Psycho Gorman vibes. She's getting it. Psycho Gorman vibes. That like, actress gave gave me those vibes, except for the fact that she can act really well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. This is like this is. Um, uh, is it the Gor- pigtails? And maybe they have a similar face shape. I don't know. <laughs> No, it's the sass. It's just this is a more articulated, funnier sass for me. Yeah, I I don't know about that. It's the acting. She is fantastic in this movie, this actress. And mm-hmm. Psycho Gourmet, we'll see what happens when I wa- watch it for my re-rating. <laughs> I'd like again, to baby. be able to give it all five, but we'll see. Finney wakes up to another fucking phone call, and this one is... <laughs> this kid's got a fucking bad attitude. Nice to fucking meet you. Vance motherfucking Hopper. Uh, Today's the day, motherfucker. 
This is, oh, dude, we get a taste advance, and holy shit, that necklace is fucking Xanadu to a whole new level. When he's, like, we got just hair, long-ass hair, he's just playing pinball, a pinball game. Pretty boy. Oh, God, dude. So, fuck, the fight is just insane. Insane. That other kid draws a knife on him and, like, starts trying to stab him. Denver doesn't fuck around like that. If there's anything you can pull away from this movie, Denver doesn't fuck around and it's never fucked around. Working like in class 78? North Denver in 1970s. Look out. Little did you know Vance's real name was Jeff. This was he was about to get a thing oh. of bleach poured on him. Oh, my God. You're that's right. Because they pulled the guns out. <laughs> I mean, the knives. The, yeah, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking safe there. It's Jeff so the killer true. seems a lot more plausible now. Uh, yes yes it does oh by the way he carves a 7741 into his arm uh oh yeah so also gets arrested and then we realize this entire sequence is a gwen dreamscape and he she's in the backseat of a cop car with vance and we're also hearing finney talk too um this is what i love is that i love the aspect is that like either either they're all dreaming at the same time so either gwen is tapped into the other side enough that she's in tune with Vance simultaneously contacting Finney or that she's dreaming. And that when she's in this dreamscape, the other side, like I I feel like it's more of like a, um, not a uh, insidious style where it's like time doesn't make a whole lot of sense in that Mm -hmm. area, but it's loose. It's very loose there. So there's certain things that like, um, uh, today's the day motherfucker mm-hmm. uh, and certain things like that are definitely applicable towards the end the dream leads her to 7741 as she nancy from nightmare on elm street wakes up in a goddamn bathtub vance goes like full fucking metal and gets sucked off screen uh oh, yeah. but not before that was crazy that was really fucking cool actually I thought that was like, cause that it. was like, it was fun. <laughs> so yeah, that was really fucking cool. Uh, but not before he tells him to smash a wall to get to a storage closet. Um, and as he says, he's not doing it for Finney, but because fuck this dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then the sucked off screen. He was actually he was breaking into like a freezer or refrigerator. Yes. Yeah. They said the freezer and the freezer will access you to the storage area. And then you can get out through that. So all of the ideas that these kids are presenting are escape routes he goes do this escape from going underneath Mm -hmm. the excuse me escape from going underneath the foundation escape from trying to climb out through the grate escape by you know what i mean like down like carving a hole through the wall into the freezer to try to get out into the storage thing uh finney goes fucking hulk smash in an overlaid montage to synth music um Dude, uh, he actually does it in fucking MacGyver's spare parts from the bathroom, and he gets all the way through the wall to the back end panel of this freezer, um, and uh, to his dismay um, and the throwing of some T-bone steaks, um, he can't get out that way. Uh, it's locked from the fucking outside, and mm-hmm. he can't unlock it from the inside, so he's Brutal. just fucking foiled again, and I am really routing for Finney at this point, as everything Everything that he has done in this movie has gone wrong. Um, I'm routing for him too. I'm yeah. routing for him big time. Router. <laughs> rooting? It's rooting. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care. 
this is when it breaks down. It's the only oh, time this yeah. whole movie like, has been composed crying, through all the shit he's faced before he got grabbed, through getting grabbed the whole time. He never breaks down until now. And it's yeah. Like, oh my guy. And then just having the, and then it's just like you feel so bad for him. And then you hear the phone ringing in the background while he's having this breakdown, and it's just like, what fucking next, dude? Like, none of this shit has worked. Like everything, everything has like gotten to a point and then just fucking blown up in his face. Uh, but who's on the other end? Because someone's still fucking calling him. Oh shit, guys, it's Robin. Uh, he tells him not to cry. That he's been with him the entire time, uh, and he wouldn't leave his friend behind. Uh, Just like his dad. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. why he didn't come home. Yeah. And he said, fuck that. You ain't going to, you ain't going to go like I did. Like, that's such, like, god damn it, dude. Robin is such a solid dude. Like, this dude literally <laughs> died and was like, hell no, nah, I'm just going to wait for my friend because, like, he's probably going to need my help really soon. So, like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to help him out. Like, that's just, oh, my BFF of the year. <laughs> Forever, probably. Robin basically tells him that he, he needs to now kill the grabber for him. Um, and he's going to use the phone as a fucking weapon. So he's packing it with dirt to weight it. And, oh, dude, like, they, like, fucking Mr. Miyagi. Like they do this like training sesh. Take like, a step like, back. Yeah. Take a step, step forward, forward. Jump back. Step back. Swing. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Again. Again. Dude. Yeah, that was really and fun. With him in the corner behind him, Robin. Yes. Who, Shadowing his movements yeah. and shit was so cool. It's like he's like that's it. Like every ghost is with him, but not with him. And it's just ah so beautifully choreographed. This is the last call he's going to get. Robin basically tells right. him that like There's this no is more. it. There's no more from here on out. We've helped you as much as we can. Like, you need to do this for us. So the spirit of Robin the Rambo is flowing through his fucking veins as Finney prepares, and he is going to fuck the Grabber's day up. He is now pumped, dude. Like, he is mm-hmm. like, he's he's got this fucking fire now. Gwen is now trying to find the house and is uh, stopped by a lightning flash flood of horror as all of the murdered boys manifest themselves in a line in the street in front of her. Um, it's, it's a fun gag. It's a good gag. It got me the first time when she was on the bicycle and the fucking dead kids went back like this. Pete a little, just a little spurt. It wasn't, it wasn't a lot, uh, diaper warning. but it was a, it was a, it was a, like a light diaper alert. I'm, I missed it the first time. This would have been the little period that I dozed off the first time I watched it because I watched it late at night. Mm-hmm. So watching it today, it, it gave me a good jump for sure. <laughs> Dude, yeah, like this is it's fucking uh, so goddamn good. Uh, she finds a goddamn house. So she has now called the cops and the fucking countdown is starting, guys. And how do we get the countdown? We get Pink Floyd. We get a Pink Floyd overview I love this. I'm sorry. Oh, I wasn't. Song. Dude, mm-hmm. yes. I wasn't I prepared was for a Pink Floyd song. visually. I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> there was a guy named Floyd. They painted him completely pink and he just streaked through the. I don't understand the creative choice in that, but uh, it was just flop and donger for 15 minutes in front of the screen. Uh, that's where, no, that's why we get, get our R rating. 
that's that's the already the frontal the frontal male nudity of just a painted pink penis solid minutes for, of, yeah just yeah it's weird i i mean again it's brave i'll give them brilliant that. like exactly brilliant. this is where it, it really, really ties everything together ties the room together oh dude uh so yeah like the countdown has started like we've got pink floyd playing we've got the grabber buying murder and disposal stuff max is doing a monumental amount of blow and suddenly realizes the house that he is sitting in is in the dead ass center of the circles that he has made uh and the cops are en route um i know that i brought up my love for pink floyd probably before um i love pink floyd and this layover scene is fucking outstanding because i don't know if this was intentional or not but they did like wizard of oz level auditory triggers in the song for things happening in the movie and i thought it was fucking great like there's certain tonal changes and shifts or like a ping where something happens on screen that was like I don't know. You guys have heard of the Wizard of Oz, like you played so, after yeah, three times. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, two things: I had no idea you liked Pink Floyd. It's never come up, seriously. And uh, Scott Derrickson, when making this, was trying a bunch of different songs and kind of didn't know what to do. And when he landed on that one, it just like fit perfectly. He knew he had it. And it almost synced up perfectly, too. He just had to tighten it up a little bit. It didn't take much. And he's used Pink Floyd music in a couple other movies. And anyway, he was going to maybe use a different song. And that song was going to cost way too much money. And this one, he actually got at like a cut rate. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's awesome. uh, The bargain. um, I was reading up that this this is only the fifth time in cinema history that they've done a pink floyd like a pink floyd song has been on um, in a movie well the, is, apparently there's one in doctor strange which yes, he directed yes, yes. yeah that's, and that's also credited as well there's one and another one of his movies i don't know which one i honestly i think so three I've, I've of the re- five are scott derrickson directed movies yes actually i think that's you're 100 right which is amazing dude max finds the goddamn basement um and holy shit even as the hero he can't get out of his own way instead of i don't know immediately trying to get help or uh at the very fucking least looking behind him because uh, he pulled a total max and he gets a goddamn axe into his head while trying to say do you know how i found you <laughs> yeah he's just like so stoked out that he's like yeah oh dude Holy, yes just completely railed out he he has been skiing the slopes so much upstairs that i'm oh, surprised yeah. that he made it down you, there before like they didn't even need to tell us in the scene we met him that there was cocaine in there because <laughs> it is very obvious that he was on, He's coke. on a, a, a gratuitous amount of goddamn cocaine um this kill scene's also fucking great like the axe to the head the blood mm. spatter effect that effect that it ends up having on the grabber is yeah uh, the grabber dramatic. in just the top part in a bowling shirt blood splattered is probably the most off-putting one out of the bunch for me is that the first one time we've seen him with just the top part and no bottom yes. part yes so like it's usually so. yeah this is the first time either you just the bottom him. or the full thing mm-hmm. exactly this is the yeah. first time you actually see the bottom part of his face look what you made me do you made me kill my brother <laughs> he was an idiot that was but funny. he was my idiot yeah. like that's <laughs> <laughs> 
that was fun that's funny oh dude like yeah like this whole thing like like looks like you'll find those naughty boys after all he's oh my god finney's special and he really wants it to hurt and uh yeah he usually uses a knife um and he's not he's gonna use an axe and then he gets samson his ginormous fucking dog that he chains to the corner Mm -hmm. and uh Oh God! I was like, but just, just diamonds could have been cracked by my sphincter at this point of the movie. <laughs> like it was just like, oh God! Not only is this, he's got an axe, he's got to deal with a goddamn dog. After if if by chance he defeats the fucking uh uh grabber, he's now got to go after a goddamn dog. Also on the folly list, um, Gwen picked an empty house. The cops show up and they start looking through the house, and the house is goddamn empty. It is not the house. That the grabber or Finney's in. It is the house from her visions, though. It is the house from her visions, though. So this is where the mousetrap movie comes into play. Mm-hmm. Right. I got it with all of the bits that he gets from each person. Exactly. This ending is fucking beautiful, dude. Like, it's masterful in its delivery, um, including the goddamn fucking T-bone steak at the end. Everything the boys told him to do was this larger overarching revenge plot by all of the ghosts. Uh, So good that the first time I watched this, I got fucking goose pimples when I realized what was happening. So Finney ducks out of the way of the grabber. He runs to the bathroom, intentionally trips the grabber into a hole, and with the success of the grate that had been pulled off previously – snaps his fucking ankle Mm -hmm. and then uses the phone to beat him. So uh, I was cheering at this point, like audibly in my bed when I bought this fucking movie because I went, I I bought it. uh, (laughs) I was like, yes, yes, fucking (laughs) yes. And he's just fucking just wailing into him, dude. And he's just beating him and beating him. And And then he demasks the grabber. And the grabber now is more concerned about concealing his face Mm -hmm. than actually survival, which I thought was fucking like, then, you know, he's a fucking lunatic because like the grabber is the man. That's when you know. That's well, if that's he, that's the masks, you know what I mean? Like I think for him, his psychological break is that when he's in these masks, he's the grabber. When he's not in these masks, he's not a person capable of doing what he needs to do as the grabber in mm. his, psych- his yeah. fucked up head. Wow. So he gets <laughs> demasked and he's like, all of this crazy play with this kid immediately stops. He screams, grabs his face and is trying to desperately try to like grab, like figure out where the mask is. Uh, and then Finney takes the goddamn distended or he punches him in the face again but then he takes the cord of the phone and rings it around and is fucking choking him to death oh mm-hmm. god damn it fucking revenge is served very cold in this um the added bonus is that uh as he's choking to death we get to hear the kids on the phone like dude when the phone rings and both of them look at the phone like just the black phone on the wall and then it's like, it's for you. And like, that's the fucking, and then he, the grabber gets to hear all of his victims. Everything that the victims say are the one-liners from when they've been coaching Finney the entire movie. So like 
this monologue that they give him to tell him to like fuck you like you fucking like you know that like today's the day motherfucker and like his arm is mint the second he says his arm is mint he fucking snaps his neck because that's finney's cue to fucking like end him so like i I just just so goddamn good this is so fucking good like ah that whole thing to me was like it you knew what was going like they literally laid the entire end of the movie out for you but then, like, at the end, you knew, like, the whole plan unravels. It just fucking, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I literally was, I was doing backflips at the end of this fucking movie. <laughs> it did not have that effect for me. I mean, I was into it, but I wasn't nearly as into it as you were from that. <laughs> and I still, like, I still don't think those lines were particularly effective that they repeated and then said to him at the end. And also... How the fuck well, did the grabber I, not notice that grate was out of the window? <laughs> like, I, at, I think it's so like high up. The first things he does. Yeah, yeah. Maybe because it's like so high up. Well, no. I think the point of the one-liners, which is weird, is that they weren't directed at Finney. Is like those weird one-liners because time doesn't work properly. Like all those one-liners that those kids were saying were meant for the grabber at the end of the movie, and Finney was just interpreting them as like guidance if that makes sense i could be wrong mm-hmm. on that yeah but, like, no it makes sense yeah, super fucking <laughs> Sam just doesn't like, care he doesn't <laughs> care um <laughs> uh so gwen was kind of like half right oh also just on the fucking cherry on the goddamn fucking mousetrap sunday um yeah the fucking freezer had t-bone steaks in it so he just gave the dog a goddamn steak and walked out of there he didn't have to oh, deal yeah. with the fucking i was like he didn't have to deal with samson like advance took care of that for him anyways fantastic gwen got it half right the grabber owned two houses this house is across the street and this is where he was burying the bodies so the cops uncover all of the dead kids including an open grave for the well not finny now but probably for the grabber. I mean, you could probably maybe. I mean, it's a good burial plot. You could probably throw him in there. I don't think the cops are going to do that. They might. <laughs> they might. Hey, this is Denver. They don't take any shit. Uh, <laughs> so he gets out and he reunites with his sister. And uh, we get fuck mullet Terrence begging for forgiveness at the end of this fucking movie. Yeah. And like. He's like, please forgive me. I'll love you. And all I'm thinking is that they literally should drag him through the streets by his testicles. And like, <laughs> that's not like, there's no, like, there's no like, well, shucks, you know, I done, I done messed up. Uh, let's, uh, let's start from scratch. I do also like the fact they pulled a quarantine at the end of this movie and explained the entire movie through a news broadcast for anybody who had fallen asleep for the last hour and 20 minutes. So, like, that was fantastic. It was Did like, it go it, into that much detail? I thought it kind of cleaned things up because they were like, the, he owned the man property owned across the street. two homes, yeah, across the street. I was like, oh, cool. They're, like, answering all any, I guess not all unanswered questions, but they're just t- tidying it up for us. We'll, we'll sweep, sweep. Finney goes back to school and, dude, he's now he's now the guy who killed the grabber. Um, whole new swagger. Uh, Finney is now Finn. And uh, he's hitting the scene, and he's feeling he's feeling pretty good about himself, and that's that's the end of the movie, guys. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Feel good at that point for sure. Yeah, good for Finney. 
uh, Ethan Hawke, uh, when he was interviewed about it, part of what attracted him to the movie, you know, they always get that question. It was like, well, he's like, it's a scary movie, but with a heart of gold. It's got like a really sweet story in the center. <laughs> oh, no, I, totally I agree. agree with it. And I think that's why I liked it so much, too, is that like it did still feel like even though, you know, these kids got brutally murdered and everything, they still were able to enact their revenge as well. And, you know, fame. yeah through Finn and and all that stuff. So that's something I definitely enjoyed about it. So without further ado, let's get into our final thoughts and feelings and ratings on this. And I want to go ahead and go over to, ah, fuck it, myself first and yeah. let you guys know how I feel. Um, Hit me. As you can see, we've talked about this movie for quite a bit. So, and I've watched it, I don't know, probably about three and a half times now. Um, I did originally see it in theaters. And then when it came out, uh, on streaming, I started watching it there too. So it is something that I enjoyed quite a bit. I didn't ever read the original um, source material that it's based off of. Therefore, I was completely surprised by anything. And I didn't, I mean, I still haven't read the source material and kind of learned about it from you guys telling it here. But I do like a lot of what this movie did. Tonally, um, it is a dark movie. It feels very heavy yes. at times and it's very brutal and it's and it's kid violence at moments but um ultimately it feels i don't know we get a, a ending that's earned and won and feels good and and, and does kind of redeem a lot of those like awful feelings that you kind of maybe feel <laughs> throughout it and not in a bad way it, it, i think that's something that it definitely like we said has a feel so and it and it, and it portrays that very well that I, I give it, you know, high, a lot of rankings credit for it. So fingers, how many am I chopping off for this one? I honestly yeah. think I'm going, I don't think it, I, we'll see on revisit. I, it didn't make a five for me quite, but I did like, I do like this movie a lot enough to give it a four and a half fingers that I will throw mm. in the grave for it. Yeah. I can so, see I'm, I'm for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For it, for it, four and a half for it. All right, <laughs> Sam, how you feeling? All right, so pull out my rewatchable finger. I'll cut half a finger off for that. Um, I watched it twice just because I had the time to do it and we were covering it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would not have done that otherwise. I'll probably go back to it someday, but not rushing to see it again. Recommendable. I think I'm going to bump it up to a one. It was at half a finger, but after talking about it more with you guys... Um, and seeing how much you guys like it, that gives me more confidence in it. <laughs> Cause to be honest, I thought after my first viewing, I thought it was kind of very paint by numbers horror and didn't do much for me. And the second time I liked it more, but still kind of felt the same way. And now I'm not sure how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> quotable, no, f no fingers for quotable. Um, I mean, there are things in it, but nothing in particular that stand out. T-shirtable, I gave it a one just because that mask is so rad. Uh, the imagery yeah. definitely deserves a shirt. And does it shuttle? I had it at one f at point five fingers in the grave, but I guess I'll cut off a whole finger there, which is perfect because it gives me to the score I thought I'd give it, which is a three point five out of five. Nice. Okay. Respect. Good. Good. All right, Ross, finish us all off. All right. Um, this is a five for me. Uh, this is a five. This is a five. Uh, this thought it was going to be based yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, 
there's so many aspects of this movie that I, I, I thoroughly enjoy. This is such a, and I mean this in a really lovingly way, this is such an EC Comics Tales from the Crypt idea of like the moralistic revenge on like evil deeds. Like I really, really just, that's my jam. Like I grew up on shit like that. So like having Mm -hmm. a movie like this is just such a cool idea. And I love mousetrap movies. I really like, or uh, yeah, I, I just like the idea of all these different key components. And then like having all of that pay off at the end. And in a way that I wasn't, I was cognizant of like a bigger plan, but I just didn't know what it was. But then it was just really cool in this movie to see all of the failures weren't failures. They were just key components to a larger scheme. Mm -hmm. And like, that was just such a cool aspect for me that like the kids were helping Finn, but ultimately they were really just preparing him to kill the grabber. Like there was none of those kids were actually trying to help him escape. They were just helping him progress towards this inevitability towards the end, which I thought was just like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I just I absolutely no. fucking love that. Uh, Scott Derrickson, to bring him up again, I just, you know, was listening to interviews, said that it would have been boring or just like episodic and wouldn't mean that much if it was just he tries this and fails, he tries this and fails. Like they needed the he tries this and fails, but they also needed that to pay off mean something. Otherwise, yeah, I wouldn't. Oh, totally. And also the acting in this is like I was for like a man Blumhouse they are always hit for me they're always hit or miss with uh their movies a lot of hits and then like when the misses they're just really bad but um the acting in this was fucking outstanding I I was taken back by how well this was acted um so yeah I would 100% like I I bought it straight up like I I kind of took the gambles like you know what I'll buy it and see how I like it and this one I've already watched three times since that like mm-hmm. I, I watched well was, you were gonna do that anyway because yeah that's uh, very true <laughs> exactly but what's better about this i will probably after we're done recording watch it again sometime in the next like month or two so like oh, sure. i know that i have like not much minutes i'm like out. you're gonna do it right now yeah i was like, about to say after done we're done recording i might watch it again in the next three to four months we'll see <laughs> we'll see <laughs> tune in in three to four months and see if i do it all right, there you have it, everyone. That is how our feelings and our talk about uh, the black phone. And so say. I'm going to go over to Sam because he's got <laughs> something else to say. Oh, so uh, Scott Derrickson, after the movie wrapped, um, he had just bought a new house. And so he moved, he had been living in the, an apartment all through the movie, moves into his new house. In his new house, there's a basement. And his first night there the phone a phone in the basement a landline starts ringing and he goes down in there and there's a black phone on the wall and it's ringing (laughs) and he goes over to it and picks it up says hello and it's jason blum of blum house on the line he's like gotcha or whatever you know welcome to your new house oh apparently it's a designed to ring that if you ever pick it up it just it calls jason blum's cell phone that's all it does <laughs> they're like really good friends oh <laughs> the, blum, the blum phone that. that's amazing that's it, he has yeah. a batman blum phone in his house now in that's his amazing basement, yeah that's neat. black phone batman blum, blum phones 
<laughs> that'll be the new tongue twister for us to practice with yeah. before we get started okay All now right. i'm done now he's done so there you have it we got a 5 a 4.5 and a 3.5 coming in for the black phone so we're gonna go ahead take one last quick break and then come back with a very quick would you rather to finish us off and we're back. Thank you so much to our kind sponsor for those lovely words of encouragement. So I said before the break, we're going to finish up with a quick would you rather. I don't have anything coming from Reddit tonight. So we're going to go ahead and jump over to Sam. And he's got, a, I believe, just a question for us of sorts. All right. I do. If you were to recast this as a horror comedy, what actor would you recast in the Grabber's role? Ooh, <laughs> as a okay. horror comedy. That's interesting. Ross, do you have any thoughts? I would say he, oh my God. All right. Yeah, I would do um, Gene Wilder. Oh, okay. Nice. 70s Gene Wilder. 70s Gene, like set. fresh out of Willy Wonka going to grab you. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. That'd be fun. I think I'd do like a Adam Sandler, but like a classic, like, I mean, I think I was thinking something similar. I was thinking along the lines of like a Jim Carrey. Like someone who could be very oh, animated be good. Yeah. with it. Jim yeah, Carrey like would definitely be good. Their face, I mean, he's already played in a mask type film. We know he can ask, <laughs> act in a mask. So I think that's, that's good. <laughs> good way to go. Okay, that's a good recasting. I like that. Uh, how, how would you all feel? Let us know for sure. All right, Ross, finish us off again. Okay. Uh, Chuddleman, you are the grabber. You have been murdering really shitty movies in your basement. Chuddleman, the phone rings. What shitty movie that we've covered is back to haunt you? And how does that movie kill you? So Willie's Wonderland. <laughs> I knew it. I had money writing on it. I don't know. Just like makes me watch it again and I kill myself. <laughs> God, wow. I, it's so funny how much he hates this movie. Hates that fucking movie. <laughs> I mean, I guess out of like the things that I've rated the lowest, it's definitely got to be Texas Chainsaw Next Generation. I'm, and... the, I'm the same boat. I'm the exactly. same boat. I don't know. I'm gonna. They're gonna. It's gonna come out and confuse me, and just I'm gonna get bored with it and hate it. <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna get beaten to death by that little ass stick in the middle of the road. Where that woman walks oh, that, out, it just <laughs> takes ten minutes just oh, beating yeah. that girl with a stick. I'm gonna bang, get blo- it'll be bang. three days of me getting hit with a stick and then dying. Well, it's because they don't know how to like hit with it. It's almost like <laughs> setting it on her. <laughs> God, that movie's so bad. So All right. <laughs> okay. Well, I uh, you know there it is. Like I said, we we're just gonna do a quick one because we went a little long, or maybe we did or didn't. I don't know, but we talked about this movie for a little bit, and uh, it's getting late where we are, and we're ready to cool on down with y'all and uh, say, (laughs) (laughs) go ahead and uh, follow Sam (laughs) at Shuttle the Sam. You can head up Ross at Shuttle the Ross. Oh, yeah. Find me at Shuttle the Brian with a on Instagram and Slasher, because why not? That's the part I forgot to throw in. So thank you all and go ahead and jump to at Shuttle the Pod on Instagram and Slasher because we got all the cool, sexy news for you over there about anything related to the pod. (laughs) Jump into the Discord and we can get funky and all sorts of different servers over there. And to get to that link, you can go into uh, 
the description down below. And don't forget to go to the one place to house it all, to get all the information you could ever need about this beautiful podcast called Chuddle the Pod. You just head on over to Chuddle the Pod. I just wanted to look at you. Dot com. It's actually just ChuddleThePod.com. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just ChuddleThePod.com. But, uh, but go over there, and that can get you to all the dates and deets for our beautiful voices. And once again, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, we'll be waiting. I just wanted to look at you.